Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm Pete Carroll, and together we are Three Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins, because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays. And same-game parlays, all on one page. Plus, Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live. Same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present. In select states, gambling problem, call 100Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Alrighty, let's roll, baby. It is a bonus Wednesday edition of New York, New York with yours truly, J.J. Johnson-Stremski. And I didn't expect to be working today. I mean, let's be real about this. We finished up our pod. I'm exhausted last night. Pod posted around quarter to two. I send out the tweet. I am dead. The only reason I was up at two in the morning is I was waiting for the pod to post. Little did I know that I would wake up around 10 o'clock to 10 zillion different text messages about yet another Steve Cohen blockbuster. And I'll say this, Carlos Correa now coming to the Mets, taking him away from the San Francisco Giants, hearing about the failed physical, Cohen swooping in 11th hour, not playing games, not messing around. This, to me, was the biggest holy shit moment of the Steve Cohen Met regime. Bigger than Max Scherzer. As crazy as that is to say, Correa was gone. He was a giant. Now the Mets, after spending a gazillion dollars on Verlander, on Sanga, on Robertson, bringing Nimmo back, they go and get the ultimate badass. Yes, he's a guy who's had durability concerns throughout his career. But you know this about Correa. He is not going to be phased. He is not going to be intimidated by the moment, by the stage, by the city. And he's got a postseason resume to go and back it up. Say what you want about the Astros. 
That was a guy that in a big situation, you wanted him at the plate. How many big hits over the years did he have for the Houston Astros? That was lacking from this Met lineup, especially in September and especially in the playoff series against the San Diego Padres. If you're worried about the length of the contract, here's my biggest piece of advice to you. It's not your money. It's not my money. And with Steve Cohen running the Mets, if indeed this is a bad contract in five years or in six years or in seven years, it won't be a problem because money is not going to get in the way. Salary commitments are not going to get in the way of the Mets acting like a winner. The Mets now act like the biggest dog in the pound. That's what they do. They act like the team that's got the biggest checkbook imaginable. Bigger than the Yankees, bigger than the Dodgers. It's crazy. For years, growing up, I'd hear all sorts of complaints from the Met fan. Oh, you're, you're, you're in on A-Rod. You're in on CC. You're in on T-Shirt. It's not fair. It's not right. You're buying, you're buying, you're buying. That's all you can do. Well, now the Met fan is getting a glimpse of that. And they're getting a taste of that. And my advice would be, enjoy it. Cherish it. Because it's a far cry from the way the team used to be run in years past. And I think there are a lot of Yankee fans envious today. I know I am. I'll be the first to admit that. I'm envious. Even on a day when the Yankees named Aaron Judge captain, which was cool to see. Great to have Jeter there. All the pomp and circumstance. You know, Steve Cohen had no problem allowing Hal Steinbrenner to be the only New York owner making a play for Aaron Judge. For what it's worth, gentlemen's agreement, Hal was very supportive of Cohen buying the Mets. There's something to that. And if you've seen the way the Mets are acting and the way they have behaved around big-ticket items, you'd be crazy to say otherwise. Cohen did not want to jump into that side of the pool. But Cohen had no problem upstaging the Yankees today on a day where they were unveiling their big number 99, Captain C, and all that comes with it. Biggest story today is that Carlos Correa is a Met. And that the Mets now are drastically better than what they were a year ago. Because they have more power. They have more FU attitude. They added a badass. I think he's going to fit seamlessly at third base. I do not think that's going to be a problem. First of all, he loves Francisco Indoor. Second of all, he's got a body type that I think is going to be suited well to moving over to third base. And he wants to do it. You know, there are a lot of similarities to when A-Rod moved for the Yankees. The difference is there's no friction between Lindor and Correa. They're buddy-buddy. Lindor has the ear of the owner. I guarantee you he played a big role in this happening. There's not a doubt in my mind. Correa wants to be here. Now, he's happy he got paid. That obviously has a lot to do with it. He's going to be on a winner. But you're not going to have that frenemy type deal that the Yankees had to deal with Jeter and A-Rod. Now, the Mets are going to have expectations. The expectations now, forget about just making the playoffs. you got to get to the World Series next year. And it won't be easy. The Mets are progressively better. Are they definitively better than the Atlanta Braves? I don't think so. I think it's a coin flip between those two teams. See, I would have given the Braves an edge 
before Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. Now I'd say they're basically 50-50. And I think the Phillies, good team, won the NL pennant a year ago, added Trey Turner a notch below those other two, at least the way I see it. The point being is this. It's not going to be easy to win the National League. And I think this is where the desperation from Cohen came in. He saw the Phillies get Turner. He knows the Dodgers are a factor. Knows the Padres just got Xander Bogarts. And I think he realized, listen, maybe he's listening to New York, New York a lot. He's watching baseball night in New York. We all know the Mets offensively needed some more punch. The owner says, don't worry. We'll take care of that. We'll just go and give Carlos Correa an insane $300 million contract. It's a crazy time we're living in. Steve Cohen will stop at nothing to put a champion on the field. And this won't get in the way of Otani or Devers or whoever's next. There will be somebody next, and the Mets will go and get him. It's a crazy world we're living in. Think about this. Aaron Judge was named captain of the Yankees today. Captain. First captain since Derek freaking Jeter. And it's not all lead story. Let that sink in for a minute. Sean Fantasy. The guy doesn't even know how to act because his Mets are like the ultimate big boy. They're the ultimate bully. Good for him. Good for him. A lot cooking with Sean Fantasy, and we'll have all the reaction from our Spotify Live. You guys were great earlier today. That's coming up next. We don't take days off, it feels like. Even around the holiday season. Not how we roll around here. All right, Fantasy's up next. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. You know, I thought I was going to have a quiet Wednesday. I thought very wrong because (laughs) I think it's fair to say this was the biggest holy shit moment in the Steve Cohen era. We welcome back our pal Sean Fennessy. Let's start there. Was this the biggest holy shit moment in the Steve Cohen era? Has to be. Has to be. Thrilling for me. Unbelievable. We did it. We're the evil empire, JJ. We took the mantle. Think about this. All these years in my life, I had to deal with Met fans, envious, complaining, uh, you buy players, you buy championships, this is the way you conduct your business, and now all of a sudden, fantasy, the Mets have taken it to a level beyond the Yankees, beyond the Dodgers, and they go with the 11th hour and get Correa away from, dude, when the deal is like breaking down in San Francisco, I'm saying, oh, they'll work it out, the Giants can't lose them, they missed out on Aaron Judge, they're really going to lose a franchise player. And then I wake up to 10 zillion texts about Correa as a Met. Dude, God bless your owner, man. Think about the difference in the way they ran their business five years ago and the way they run it now. It's insane. It is extraordinary. It is it is staggering to me to this very moment how much he has put his money where his mouth is. And I, I'm I'm in a I'm like in a daze. Jay, I'm like, is this real? Is this actually happening? Are they actually slotting Carlos Correa at third base for the next 12 years? Because one, the minute that, that Cohen gave an interview to John Heyman a few days after 
Correa had signed with the Giants. I was like, that's a really weird thing to do. Why would you publicly explain your thinking on that late-breaking pursuit? And it was just like he had sent a, a, a telepathic message to Scott Boris. Like, hey, just so you know, I'm still interested. And maybe he got some inkling that something wasn't right there, that the Giants weren't totally sure, or that Correa was having second, second thoughts or something. But as soon as I saw that interview, I was like, I don't, I've never seen a, an owner give an interview about missing out on a player before. What's going on here? And he's now just clearly wielding power. I mean, he's, he's bullying every other owner in the sport right now and saying, like, you better make sure you get names on contracts. Otherwise, I'm going to come in and take your guy. It's just remarkable. I've never seen anything like it. And I think you're seeing an impact around the sport. The Phillies are spending more money. The Yankees, all of a sudden, are signing Rodon to a six-year deal. The Padres, there is this Steve Cohen effect where it's like, you better keep up or this guy is just going to keep spending and spending and spending. And, you know, fantasy, normally when you give out a contract like this, combined with everything else they've done this offseason, you'd be like, I don't know what's next. I don't know how they can get so-and-so or this guy or that guy. That's out now for the Mets. The Mets do not care. The Mets will add contracts. They will eat contracts. They will do whatever it takes. Anyone who says, oh, they're out on Otani now, or they're out on Soto in a couple of years, or they're out on Devers, wrong. Think again. If they feel they need that guy, they're getting that guy. Case closed. Their number two prospect in their system is a top 20 prospect of all in, ba- in all of baseball. His name is Brett Beatty. He has been deemed the third baseman of the future for the last three years in the organization. And now I don't, he's in a complete afterthought. I was going to say, a, unless he's, he's going to be the DH... Or unless he's going to transition to being an outfielder at some point in time, that is somebody who has no role and no future on the Mets because the left side of their infield for the next 10 years potentially is Lindor and Correa. And I think Correa is the perfect body type fantasy to transition. I know he's a great shortstop, but he's a bigger dude. It's not as good, clearly, but he's got like that Alex Rodriguez type look to him. He's going to thrive playing third base. I think so, too. He has a big arm. I mean, that's the thing is he has a big arm. And so he's, he's able to make those throws. Um, I, I, I think it's remarkable. Obviously, Lindor, I think, was a big factor in this because they're, they're buddies and they're teammates on the Puerto Rican national team. And on that team, Correa played third base and Lindor played shortstop. I thought Lindor had a really, really good year at shortstop last year, actually. And so I love the idea of the two of them being paired up. It's pretty wild. The other thing that I really like about him is that Correa obviously is proven in the postseason. And I would say Correa is not widely liked. He has he's a little a bit of, he's, he's, a little, he's a bit of a villain. And this Mets team last year, especially when you started to see them kind of come apart at the seams near the end of the season, it didn't really feel like there was any fuck you in the in the dugout. And Correa is a he'll taunt you. You know, he is he and he likes the spotlight. And so, you know, guys like that, now that it could go the other direction. You never know. Like guys like that sometimes blow up in New York. You've seen it happen many times over the years with the Yankees. But I just have a feeling like he is the perfect antidote to the, some of the like niceness that was pervasive in the Mets story over the last couple of years. I totally agree with that. He's a badass. And I say that in a complimentary way. And I couldn't stand him when he was with the Astros, who's a part of that team that cheated. He happens to be a phenomenal player. They had a bunch of phenomenal players. They didn't win just because they cheated. They won because they were a really good team. And I love the postseason experience fantasy because you don't have a lot of guys in the everyday lineup, let's be real, that have won before. That was Pete Alonso's first postseason taste last year. Same for Jeff McNeil. All right, Lindor was one win away in Cleveland. 
but he went a couple of years without being in the postseason to get a guy who has seen basically every situation, win, lose, or draw in the postseason. And a guy like that who's going after Bellinger, who's going to give it to the Yankee, like that to me is something that can be worked with playing in New York. Like I don't look at him and say, oh, he's, he's going to shy away from playing here. No, I think he's going to embrace the spotlight. There was an interesting moment in the Justin Verlander con- uh, press conference this week where he talked about taking a leap of faith with the club because he obviously was really the first guy to sign after DeGrom departed and they hadn't really made all of these big moves. And he just said, I just believed in, in Steve Cohen's commitment to winning. Everything he told me was that he is going to do everything in his power to get as many great players on this team as possible. He has just gone above and beyond and there's still reports, still reports that they're not done yet, JJ that they're going to do more. There, there's an expectation now that they're going to try to get off McCann's contract. There's still smoke that they're going to go after Liam Hendricks on the White Sox, which after already adding David Robertson and bringing back Ottavino, who had a great season last year, and trading for Rayleigh, the bullpen, which was probably the shakiest part of the team last year, now seems really fortified, and they might add another power arm. It's just kind of remarkable. Like He's going to run a $500 million payroll. Now, the, the challenge here, and I think every Mets fan now like in their heart of hearts is like, Okay, now if we get bumped in the first round of the playoffs, it's going to be really embarrassing. It's no, be I agree really with that. Painful. Listen, that's you, welcome to life as a New York Yankee fan because the Mets cannot go into this year and say, oh, we win the division. We win 100 games. Like last year, fantasy, as crappy as it was, and it was a miserable end to the season, it was a no-show in the playoffs against the Padres. It was your first taste of postseason in a long, long time. So you could say, oh, they'll... They'll build on it. They'll grow from it, whatever. When you're spending the amount of money that the Mets are spending, the Mets losing a division series to the Padres, the Dodgers, take your opponent. Nobody's going to be throwing a pity party and saying, oh, great year if you're the Mets. Time to go and get to a World Series. There is a little bit of a dissonance in what Cohen and Epler have defined as the strategy here, which is essentially spending money short term to rebuild the farm and to rebuild the international scouting department and you know, use that style of management that the Dodgers have deployed so well, that the Astros have deployed so well, where when one guy moves on and gets too old or retires or moves to another club, that there's a young guy to fill in the gaps. Now, the more long-term deals like this that they sign, the harder it is to institute that strategy. Having two guys on the left side of the infield who are going to be on with the team for 10 years, now they're, they're all star players, in some cases all world players. I don't, I'm a little curious to see, like, is there going to be at-bats for Alvarez? Is there going to be at-bats for Beatty? Is there going to be at-bats for developing talent on this team? Or is it? are we all going to feel so desperate to have the best possible chance to win every day because of what you're describing, in addition to the fact that they still play in the most competitive division in baseball? And so, it, I, I don't know. There's a little bit of a... It's not a miscommunication. I'm not sure how to feel about that because I do want to see some of those kids come up and play and play as much as possible. It just seems harder to accept them doing that every day when it's like, we got Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. They got maybe two years left in the tank. We got to make the most of this. They're going to maximize Alvarez at bats. They can do it behind the plate. They could DH him a little bit. I, I really don't see where Beatty fits in. I, I, unless all of a sudden they're going to tell him, go get a left fielder's glove, and maybe he could be the guy down the road to take over for Mark Hanna. Maybe. I'm just trying to see where maybe he fits in. He's not playing third base. He's, he's not playing first base. So maybe Beatty is a guy that gets you Liam Hendricks. Or maybe Beatty is a guy if the Mets feel they need another pitcher in the middle of summer. 
he gets you Corbin Burns or whoever that guy may be. Kind of think his future fantasy is going to end up being elsewhere. Yeah, it's too bad. I remember his first game. You know, he had a home run in his first at bat in a in a series against the Braves, and his, I remember his parents were there, and he was. It was a very very exciting moment as a fan because you know third base has been a black hole for the Mets for many many years. David Wright came in and kind of filled that gap that had not been filled since Hojo, and since David Wright, they've kind of been searching and searching and searching and looking for somebody to fill that gap and. I mean, it looks like it's Carlos Correa now and, and not Brett Beatty, but I, I'm really interested to see what they do with him, and I'm really interested to see what they do with a handful of other guys who, like Mark Vientos, Ronnie Maurizio, they've got a handful of, you know, kind of no-glove, all-bat guys in their system that they probably just have to deal at this point. They have to find new homes for because they're not going to fit with the the, the overload on in, in their lineup. It's kind of remarkable. Did you enjoy upstaging the Yankee Aaron Judge press conference? Because I know a lot of Mets fans <laughs> in my life we're very happy about the fact that Aaron Judge being named next captain of the New York Yankees. No surprise there. They're bringing out Jeter. They got Willie Randolph. They got all the captains there. But mm, the Mets said, no, nah, we're going to have the back pages tomorrow. I, as I've told you before, I'm not a Yankee hater. I, I, I have to acknowledge that we are still little brother in many ways. The thing is, taking the mantle of the most hated team is, is kind of exciting to me. And they have to win and they have to dominate in order for that to really take hold. But, you know, Aaron Judge, I thought Aaron Judge resigning with the Yankees was a good thing. I thought Rodon signing, I know you were thrilled. The rotation is unbelievable that the Yankees have. You could argue have the best rotation. If if it turns out everybody's healthy, you could argue they have the best rotation in baseball. If if Severino is healthy, they are scary, scary. But I don't know. I mean, if Cohen is going to do this every offseason, if he's legitimately going to pursue Otani and give Otani a $500 million contract in the offseason next year, which certainly seems in play, I, what are you going to do? I get a certain point. They're just going to, they're going to, they're going to truck teams. I mean, they're really like, this definitely feels like a hundred win team. Now, when we talked a few weeks ago, I wasn't so sure. I was like, ah, oh, maybe a 90 win team. Maybe they'll take a step back. Everything they've done since we talked has solidified in my mind. Like, they are best in class. They are one of the three best teams in baseball right now. And they added the power that they desperately needed yep. and the badass that they desperately needed and should never rule anything out with Cohen. That's what it boils down to. Um, he might be the guy that we look at fantasy and who knows what the infrastructure economically of baseball is going to be. That's too complicated a question for me. I'm not one of these Donald Fear lawyer types that's going to be able to fight to the death and can the owners actually find a way to get some sort of salary cap structure. If it ever happens in baseball, Steve Cohen's going to be the reason it happens. Mark my words. You are, I think you are 100% right. And I think the next time there is a a CBA negotiation, they're going to institute some new rules to prevent something like this from happening. I don't know what that's going to be. They don't want the hard cap, but the other owners are mad. Now, the one thing, the one, you know, reservation I have about this is I wonder, we already know that the, uh, the Reinsdorfs of the world don't, didn't like the idea of Cohen joining baseball in the first place. Will these clubs tr- make deals with Epler because they're kind of battling? Oh, I think Co- there's you know? something to that. And I noticed it last year at the deadline fantasy. It felt like where it, right? It felt like teams went out of their way, like David Robertson going from the Cubs to the Phillies, not necessarily the Cubs to the Mets. Yeah, I do think there's something to be said for some of these teams saying, you know what? You could deal with anybody else, but deal with the Mets and deal with Cohen as a last resort because we don't like the fact that he's spending a gazillion dollars and we don't like the fact that he owns the team. Interesting, though, he doesn't get involved with Judge. And let's be real. Fantasy, he could have. He easily could have. 
I, that am I crazy to think that there was a wink, wink, hush, hush, you know, gentleman's agreement there with Hal and Cohen, where Hal was very supportive of him getting the team, and it's like, all right, he had my back. I'm not gonna go step on his guy and you know, kind of play in his waters. I kind of yeah, think so. I think um, there was there was a report that that was the case, and then that report was backtracked so avo- to to avoid a sense of collusion between those two owners. But I think it's safe to say because Judge would have been a great fit on the Mets and would have been a great fit at City Field. And uh, they desperately needed power, as you said. So the idea that he was willing to spend, you know, north of $800 million on on salaries this year on new contracts and not didn't target Judge at all. There was never a single moment where you felt like the Mets were in play on Judge is obviously suspicious. Um, but I'm, like I said, I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm glad you got to keep your, your captain. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm playing second fiddle. My team's playing second fiddle this offseason. I'm not used to this. And a lot of Yankee fans, fantasy, are not used to this. Listen, they've been, they're fine. I want Conforto because I think he'd be perfect at Yankee Stadium. And mm-hmm. that way I can needle the Met fan a little bit if he hits 30 home <laughs> runs, you know, and he ends up being the perfect guy to have in left field. But uh, yeah, man, listen, it's good for business. Having both of these teams at the top of the sport, spending a gazillion dollars, good for business. As I stare at the... um beautiful sunshine outside your window. Uh, are you looking forward to watching Zach Wilson again on Sunday in a monsoon uh, out at MetLife Stadium? No, not at all. And honestly, I hate him. And I, like, I don't mean as a person, just I hate watching him play football so much. And I hated watching him play. Even though he had a couple of nice moments in last week's game, I just, I'm sick. I'm sick for Mike White. I'm sick for the Jets' future. I think when the last time I spoke to you, I said this is a 9-8 and eight team and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Feels more like an eight nine team now. I was gonna say you double. Are you doubling down on that prediction? Yeah, I don't. I just don't see it. I mean, I, I I think it's been a really really good season, and I'm glad that they've gotten to the place where they've gotten to, where they've found all this talent. But, but I just feel like they so profoundly bungled the Zach Wilson pick now, two years in, and I look at Lawrence and I look at Fields, and I'm it's just Sam Darnold and Josh Allen all over again. It's just so painful to watch these other guys emerge, and I'm like, well, these guys are probably gonna be quarterbacks for the next 10, 12 years in the NFL, and my guy's probably gonna be out of the sport in two years. And it's it's really, really unfortunate because he literally can't do basic stuff like set his feet in the pocket. Like, I, you're a professional quarter. You make millions of dollars a year playing quarterback. Set your feet, man, before you throw the ball. There's a reason that I didn't like Garrett Wilson flipping out on him on the field, but I understood why he was flipping out on him. He's just not a very competent quarterback right now, even though he can make big throws. And so the idea of him having a showdown with the guy who was taken before him, who really should have been a Jet, if not for that brutal Those Rams win. Meaningless, I should say. Those meaningless wins at the end of the Adam Gase era. That Rams game that cost me a couple of grand in my knockout pool that I'll never forget about. Fantasy, I'll be bitter too. I'm allowed to be bitter on that as well. Awful, JJ. I mean, I you know, I wonder if it's going to cost the Jets a couple of Super Bowls when we look back on all of it. Because the rest of the team that Douglas has put together is clearly a very good team. And if you put Trevor Lawrence on this team, they're pretty damn good. So I'm sick about that three years later. Zach Wilson, I, don't, I just don't, I really don't like him as a he's football player. I'm glad that you realized that. He's not the guy. It's Before tough. we say goodbye, though, you got a bright future with your Jets because the corny infrastructure is there. We'll see about the quarterback. Your Mets spend a gazillion dollars. They go and get Correa. And, oh, by the way, the New York Knickerbockers can't lose. I Incredible. mean, Brunson's been amazing. You know who I love watching? Grimes is so much fun to watch. He's dude. a beast. Hits the three, plays defense. I gave Randall a lot of shit last year. I would have done everything to get rid of the guy. They're they're playing as hard as they possibly can. Like fantasy, they are like maxing out. And this is where Tibbs got to get credit. The team wants to come to work. The team plays hard every night. They like playing at one another. Kind of got vibes to two years ago. 
I've never been happier to be completely wrong. I thought after that Mavericks game that they were they were dead in the water. I thought Tibbs was dead in the water. I thought that they were going to do anything they could to get off of Randall's contract. I thought that the roster construction was all wrong. And in fact, it was all wrong. And they basically have had to sit three guys and say Fournier, Rose, and Reddish are not playing in order to figure this. And Obi needed to get hurt in order for them to figure out this rotation. But Grimes looks like Bruce Bowen 2.0. Randall, as you said, is back to the guy two years ago. Barrett, after a very bad first two months, has actually been quite good in the last month. And Brunson is, whatever conversation about, like, is he overpaid, is he not overpaid, that looks like a great contract right now. I mean, he has completely transformed this team. And he is clutch, and he is somebody who you want with the ball in his hands at the end of a game. So, I don't know. It's, it's, they're a delight. And they're so tough defensively. And Robinson has been so good since he got back. He is just a huge pain in the ass for people down in the post. Kind of a re- weird old-school Tibbs team that is just working right now. Hey, ain't broke, don't fix it. And I had myself a little Sunday before I go to Christmas dinner. Dolphins at one, Knicks at high noon, driving my future wife crazy. Fantasy, it's my specialty. <laughs> Get ready for it. I-, I love dropping that little nugget in there on Sunday. I go, well, we're not going anywhere until after uh, Tua and the Dolphins hopefully take down Mr. Rogers and the Packers. That's a big I, one for me on Sunday. I, I, I wish you well, honestly. I, I'm not rooting against you. Don't you don't have to it. say that you do. Your I, team could be involved. So no, I, I understand that. You it's don't, the holiday okay. season, JJ. You know, I care about you. I want you to You're be a happy guy. You're in too good mood because of, of Correa right <laughs> now. Right. You're delirious. You're the delirious. new evil empire, JJ. We did it! Trump Fantasy, thanks for stopping by on short notice. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. You and the family, all right? Same to you, man. Thank you so much. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. That's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and empower what's next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. All right, a lot of calls to get to. All right, I'm starting with this guy right out of the gate because he has been the biggest Steve Cohen proponent, aside from myself, of course, who has been singing his praises since the minute he got the team. Mark and Kings Park, your team just don't quit, bro. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I, I actually, my wife wake me up and, and I was like, what, what, you know, I was like, what are you doing? She's like, no, you got to wake up. I'm like, why? She's like, the Met just signed Carlos Correa. I'm like, huh? And I thought I was dreaming. And I'm like, rolling my eyes. I'm like, no, wait, this is actually happening. And 
I, I couldn't believe it when I woke up this morning. Ah, uh, you and me both. Hey, you and me both, Mark. We posted our pod last night, probably at around two o'clock in the morning. And I was shot, man. It was a long day. You know, we had steak dinner. You know, I ended up doing some TV last night. We had all the pod stuff we did in the morning. And I wake up to like 10 zillion text messages. And I'm like, what is, uh, on earth is going on here? And I was like, Cohen swooped in and got Correa? Holy shit, dude. Holy shit. I mean, it seemed a little fishy, like what was going on, especially um, the tweet that went out yesterday, um, you know, during, or I should say after the Verlander, you know, presser about how, um, you know, they expect to have more press conferences soon. And I hope that, that people aren't traveling for the holidays and all. Um, it just seemed a little weird. And then the news comes out right after that, that, you know, Correa failed his, uh, you know, physical. And I mean, he probably failed it because he had, poor circulation in his feet from them being really cold, I guess, for the Giants. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, it's the entire offseason, man. I mean, the thing is a fan, I mean, you can almost tell it's like, these are all the moves the fans want. Oh, 100%. You know what? It's so, it's so fascinating you say that, Mark, because as we were going through the checklist of the Mets offseason, that was the one thing I kept pointing to. I'm like, well, they're a good team. They're a really good team. They've spent money. They've improved in some ways. But where is the power coming from? That was something that was clearly lacking, right? Going back to last year down the stretch and in the postseason. And it's like Steve Cohen is aware of that. He's a fan running the team and says, I'm going to do something about that. It's like, Mark, here's what I would equate it to. You and I owning the team. It's you and I owning the team and having a gazillion dollars to do whatever we want to do. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I actually have two questions for you. Number one is I want to see if you agree or disagree with the first one. Um, number one is, I don't think, and maybe I'm in the minority here, maybe I'm just nuts. I don't know. But I think where the Mets greatly improved with Correa is in a postseason. Oh, I totally agree. Oh, Mark, I totally... See, I think I'll help him a little bit in a regular season because he's going to provide power. But you nailed it. This is a guy who's not afraid of the big stage. He's not afraid of the big moment. He's had a lot of big postseason hits. Like, you had guys last year, let's be real about this. Alonzo did not have a great postseason. Lindor did not have a great postseason. They did not play great down the stretch. This takes a lot of the pressure off of those guys because at least you're bringing somebody in who has done it before. He has. And, I mean, in recent years, too, the Mets have lacked leadership. I mean, they have, they're oozing leadership right now, which is great. I mean, and the thing is that, I mean... I'm just a little concerned about he's never, I mean, paying this guy. I mean, and again, money doesn't really matter anymore, which I can't honestly believe that, but it is true. He's never hit 30 homers, never knocked in 100 RBIs, played over 150 games just once in his entire career. Um, but I mean, it doesn't really, those things don't matter because to me, it's now it's like it's never been in the past. Now it's just about the postseason. And that's where the biggest benefit is. Well, that's the bottom line. The idea is to win a championship now at this point, Mark. Mark, here's the new reality with the Mets. And this is going to be the reality that I've been used to now for 27 to 30 years of my life. You're now expected to be good. You're going to be good every year. Like, you're going to have a team that's capable of going into playoffs every year. Now it's to the point where you don't win a World Series, you're going to feel like it's a disappointment because you haven't done it yet. That's the key. Your season doesn't really matter. I mean, now it's all about the postseason. Um, well, and especially now, Mark, with this new playoff format. With this new playoff format now, it, 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 it's not that much of an advantage of, of one, two, five, six. 
get in, make sure you're right when you get in, and go make noise. Case closed. Right, right. Um, question number two. Does Carlos Correa finally make it so that you and I get to go out to a Mets game at City Field? Well, I mean, listen, Mark, that should have happened already. What, what we need to do, and, well, listen, so. we, well, we, no, 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 no. Be fair about this. That's not true. You know I'm a very busy man. And for me to get out there, what we, I know you are. That's why I love you. You get me, I don't want to go out in April. It's too cold. Get me a nice Friday night or a Saturday, Friday night or a Saturday night. Go through the schedule after Memorial Day and before my wedding. And Mark, you were on. I promise. Okay. What about an April day inside in the Hyundai Club with some steak? I mean, listen, I'm not going to say no to a little bit of steak. I am definitely not going to say no to that. So uh, let's shoot for me, though. I like nice weather. All right. Another guy I'm sure is going to be giddy. The great uh, Hector in Washington Heights. Dude, holy smokes. Your team, they're not messing around, buddy. How we doing? JJ, how I'm doing? I, I don't even know how I'm doing. I've been floating around is what I'm doing. I've been playing narco by Timmy Trumpet, getting ready, because I expect to hear that a lot this upcoming season. This is unbelievable. How many times have I did I speak to you complaining about why the Mets don't go after this guy? Why don't we even at least attempt to go? You never know what could happen. We don't even sit at the table. We don't even get invited to the room. And now there's it seems like players running to sit at our table. This is a great fucking feeding, JJ. I don't even know how to act anymore. I'm telling you, this is unbelievable. I couldn't, as down as I was after this past season, I was demoralized. Like, I mean, like, crushed. And people kept telling me, oh, you know, you got to get over it. And I, don't fucking tell me to get over it. They have to make me get over it. I don't know when it's going to happen. That shit just happens. Well, we're here. I can't wait till the season starts. And listen, there's, there's tons of questions that people can ask. We can talk about, you know, injuries. We can talk about whether 12 years. I don't give a damn. You know why? Because my owner doesn't give a damn. Yeah, Hector, why should you care? First of all, it's not your money, number one. Number two, all right, they have a $400 million payroll. Uh, is that going to stop Steve Cohen if Soto's available in a couple of years? Or they're in on Otani? Or they're in on whoever? Like, they don't care. That's what this boils down to. This Carlos Correa signing is yet another example of why this owner will do everything in his power, financially speaking and within his means, to put a champion on the field. It doesn't mean it's going to happen this year. It doesn't mean it's going to happen next year. But he will keep spending until it does happen. That's a guarantee. Absolutely. And like you just said a little while ago, now we're someone like you guys were. It's expected. We are expected to compete every year now to be in the playoffs, not to barely make it or anything like that, to be in the playoffs and legitimately compete for a World Series. Hector, how does this sound, buddy? How does this sound? You are now playing the role of the Yankees. Did you ever think you'd be living in that world, bro? Think about that for a minute. Listen, I, I've been saying it's like there's a new evil empire. This is some evil empire type shit right here. This, this news came out. And, you know, as best fans, I'm going nuts because I, I have not given up hope. I've been screaming for this guy. Like, let's go get him. Because what he provides, I, he's not like the greatest power hitter. I understand the injury. But he provides what Scherzer provided last year for our pitching. What we think Verlando provide, that fucking dog mentality. You know, how, we got too many nice guys on the Mets. I'm sorry. I love Peter Lyons and McNeil. They're too, too, too nice guys. They're too okay. We're okay. We'll go get them tomorrow. 
This fucking guy knows how to win. And if he can stay healthy to the postseason, forget about it. So, listen, man, uh, it's, it's just great. It's just great. Hector, fired up, brother. I love hearing your voice. The Mets are insane with the way they're running their business right now. And they don't care. Good for them. They got the money. They got the means. They got the resources. If I own the team, this is how I would act. If you own the team, this is how you would act. Now you got a fan who's got a gazillion dollars, who has a big ego. Make no mistake. Cohen wants this bad. Cohen wants to be the guy that brought a championship to his beloved franchise. He spent a lot of years in the stands, probably watched a lot of bad baseball and said, you know what? If I ever get the chance to own this team, just watch what I'm going to do. Good for him. If you're a Mets fan, you should be loving every minute of this. Let's head to our buddy Ian, who's up next. Hi, Ian. How we doing? Hey, JJ. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm a Yankee fan, so I'm a little, uh, I got mixed feelings about the way the morning has played out. But I, um, I'm actually wondering if the more and more this goes on, whether it's Otani or however it's going to proceed, if it leads Major League Baseball down a road where they want to open up discussions about uh, a salary cap because, um, you, know, you know, this is this has the potential to get out of hand within the next couple of years. Well, that's going to be a very tough conversation to have, knowing how hardline the Players Association has been for years about the fact that that is not a concession they're going to make. They tried doing it in 2002. The best they could get was revenue sharing. They shut down the sport for an entire year. They canceled the World Series in 94 because they tried to pull a stunt like that. I don't think they'll have the chutzpah to do it. And listen, the owners to me, in get what they get. They allowed Steve Cohen into the sport. They voted for him, okay? Tough shit. That's what I say. Too bad. You know what? He has money. He has resources. This now, you know what it's going to do, Ian? And I think you're seeing some of this with the Phillies and the way they're spending with the Padres and the way they're spending, even the Yankees. The Yankees have been impacted by the presence of Steve Cohen. Do they go and give Rodon a sixth year? Do they go and give him that contract? If Cohen is not spending left and right, I'm not so sure about that. What this should do is force the other billionaire owners who maybe don't have as much as Steve Cohen, but they have plenty of money to actually go and spend money. That's what it should do. Yeah, yeah, no, that that, that makes a, a world of sense. And it's funny you brought up because that was uh, my other point. But I think the Yankees are having a, a pretty good offseason. I agree with you on the fielder bid. But, um, you know, it seems like for the first time in the past handful of years, Cashman might have, you know, I know he's 30, but kind of not, not a ton of miles on the arm. It seems like when you <clears throat> when you run the uh, the track record of Cashman with the pitchers, that, you know, it's a lot of guys who are either on the downside or – figured to depreciate in New York where, um, you know, Rodon might be on the way up. So I think both sides of New York have a lot to be excited about. But, man, waking up to the Correa news, Jesus. Well, listen, the Mets act the way the Yankees used to act. That's the bottom line. Appreciate the call, Ian. The Mets act the way the Yankees used to act. Do I think the Mets have a little bit more of a fire in them? Yeah, I do. I I don't know how you would argue that. They do. I said to Mo who joins us. Hello, Mo. JJ, what's going on, man? Mo, what's happening, bro? Good morning. This is all, this is crazy. I mean, this is very wild. Um, this is really the I don't give a fuck signing that I think a lot of Mets fans was, this puts it over the top. They're going to have 
an over four hundred million dollar payroll, but and not including tax, obviously. I mean, it's going to be he's going to be paying over. Think about this for a minute, Mo. The Mets are going to spend more in luxury tax penalties this year than ten baseball teams are spending on their entire payrolls. Think about that. I'm not sure if that's an indictment on how much the tax the Mets are paying, or that's more of an indictment on the 10 teams. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a combination of the two, to be perfectly honest with you. I think it's a combination of the two. You got 10 owners who are just incredibly cheap and are embarrassing. JJ, there's only one thing on my mind. I'm a Yankees fan, so for me, this is, I mean, it's fine. I'm not a huge Mets hater, but it's whatever for me. Uh, but for me, there's one thing on my mind. Um, I can see it now when the Angels are 30 and 50. The Mets with this signing, they can now afford to get rid of these prospects and give a monster deal to them uh, to the Angels for Otani because I don't think Otani per se wants to. I mean, I'm not. I know he's like a West Coast guy. He's been talking about he wants to stay on the West Coast, but I mean, you trade for him, that would put it over the top. I mean, I mean, I can see it now by the trade deadline that the Angels might want to get rid of Otani, and then he can be available. Soto, on the other hand, though. Well, Soto's not going anywhere till free agency. Listen, he's not going anywhere till free agency. The Mets might be a player for him in a couple of years, Mo. But as of right now, listen, Juan Soto's going to try and win a World Series in San Diego. I wouldn't rule Otani out. Now, the Angels, first and foremost, got to decide what they're going to do. If Otani goes to free agency, he's not staying with the Angels. Does he want the West Coast? I have no idea. He did when the Yankees were in on him in 2017. Remember, the Yankees wanted Otani, and thought they were getting Otani. Then all of a sudden, boom, he pulled a fast one on him, he ends up with the Angels, and the Yankees end up with Giancarlo Stanton. I don't rule anything out with the Mets anymore. Anything. You want to tell me Otani, this guy, that guy, be my guest. I'm in. Uh, Charles in Queens joins us. Hi, Charles. What's up, buddy? How you doing, JJ? Thanks for having me on. Charles, my pleasure. What's up, Poppy? I'm a Yankee fan myself, and the bitter part of me wants to say what Derek Jeter said in the documentary, it's just the Mets. It's just the Mets, but... Can't do that anymore, bro. I mean, listen, you want to tell me you, you can do that until the Mets win a world championship? Fine. This is this is not business as usual for the Mets anymore. They're a big boy. Got to treat them as such. Hats off to them. Um, I would have loved the Yankees to get Correa. I've always been a huge fan. He's killed us in the playoffs. The guy's money in big spots. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, I just wanted to know, like, your thought. Like, I was watching the judge press conference this morning. Obviously, happy to have him as the captain. Well, long overdue. Happy with the Rodone signing. But it still feels like, you know, with Carpenter gone, Ben Benintendi gone, I can't help but feel like we're running an even weaker version of our lineup back from last year. And I just want to know, like, where where are the improvements going to come? Is Donaldson gone? What do we do with IKF? Are they really putting this all on on the kids, like Volpe and Peraza? Um, is that like really where the Yankees are putting all their eggs in that basket? Or do you think there's another move for them? The Yankees will 1,000%. I'm fairly confident in saying this. They're going to play one of their kids at shortstop. And, and I think it's going to be Peraza. I think their goal is to get Volpe in the mix somewhere else, probably by the midpoint of next year. Um, but I, I think Peraza is going to be your opening day shortstop. We'll see if he can play. I hope he can play. Like hate that because... No, me neither. But it's time for one of these. I, here's the bottom line. Don't give me bullshit with the idea of putting IKF there on opening day and try to spin it. No. Give Peraza, put Oswald Peraza at shortstop and say it's your job 
You're playing there every day. Go get it, kid. Let's go. We showed signs. And then what I'm wondering is, um, is um, Oswaldo, does he end up being the left fielder or do we go out and get a left? So as of right now, Charles, as of right now, if opening day was tomorrow, he's the left fielder. Now, my counter to that would be you're better off with him being a guy that plays all over the place, a little bit in the outfield, a little bit at second, a little bit at third, spelling guys four to five days a week, and go sign Michael Conforto. Conforto on a one-year contract with that swing at Yankee Stadium, if he stays healthy, is hitting 30 home runs without hesitation. When he was on the Mets, too. I liked him when he was on the Mets. Perfect for Yankee Stadium. Um, do you think that the Pirates, um, Reynolds is still in play? I don't know much about him, but they were... going to cost you a lot. Listen, I like Reynolds. If the Yankees go and get Reynolds, Charles, I, I would love the move. That That's going to cost you big prospects. Conforto is a one-year commitment. And if the Yankees are maybe a little bit annoyed about the Mets stealing their thunder today, you know, maybe you return the favor and try to tweak them a little bit. That's what, that's what I would do. I think Conforto on a prove-it deal would be a real good pickup. Real good pickup. Uh, our buddy Anthony in Westchester is up next. What's up, Anthony? How we doing, pal? JJ, how are you, my friend? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Didn't expect to be working today, but here we are. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, I, I'm going to go complete opposite here. I don't know about you, but I'm fucking jealous, man. Oh, hold on a second. Anthony, I'm right. Th- I, I don't think you're opposite at all. I, I think most Yankee fans feel exactly the way you do. So I, I don't think you're being contrarian there at all. Well, what I'm going to say is I'm going to be openly jealous. I'm not going to try to hide it with a lot of these Yankee fans that are saying, oh, you know, it's, it's still the Mets, it's still the Mets. Listen. This is exactly what you want if you're a fan of any team. I'm a Jet fan. You're a Dolphin fan. You want your owner who's a multi-billionaire who's going to see more money than me and you will probably ever see in our life to just say, you know what? Fuck it. I want to do whatever it takes to get my team to be the absolute best team possible. And that's what they did. I mean, listen, the Mets did not need a shortstop. They didn't really need a third baseman. There's another team in New York who really needs a fucking upgraded shortstop who could use an upgrade at third base, who could use an upgrade at catcher, who could use it at left field. Yeah, we got Judge. We really only added Rodon. Canely, let's see what he does. I don't know, man. I'm not too thrilled about the Yankees offseason. I'm really not. I don't see us taking leaps and bounds to be better after getting our asses kicked 4-0 against Houston. I understand that, especially in the lineup. Now, Rodon is a big pickup. I don't think we should minimize that, Anthony. He is a big, big, big pickup with the stuff he provides, the upside he has, the year he had in San Francisco. That that might give you the best rotation in all baseball, Anthony. So that's a big move. I don't want to minimize that. No, and, and listen, the rotation, it looks great on paper. How many great paper rotations have the Yankees had in the last 20 years? Pretty good ones, you know? They got to stay healthy. What the leash is going to be on Severino, whatnot. It's a good move to pick up Rodon. I 100% agree with that. But when you look at the Yankees since 2017 in the postseason, now granted, 2017, they weren't supposed to be there. The baby bombers, blah, 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 right? Since 2017, what has faltered the Yankees? It's been the offense. I totally agree. We've been saying it year after year after year. Let me ask you this, Anthony. Let me ask you this. If the Yankees go and get Conforto, do you feel differently about the offseason? Eh, I'm happy that I'm not going to hopefully see Hicks every day. Um, I don't think you're seeing Hicks every day, no matter what, dude. Because I don't think if they don't sign an outfielder, Cabrera is going to be your left fielder on opening day. 
That's my gut. Because I, I honestly think, and I think you'd agree, is unless Cashman tucks his tail between his legs, Donaldson is going to be the starting third baseman. Yeah, which bothers me. That bothers me to no end. He's not going anywhere. I agree with you on that. I agree. That's why I wanted to see an upgrade in left field. I would have loved the Japanese kid that Boston got um, just because we know our record with left fielders from Japan when they play in New York. They play pretty, they play pretty fucking. Well, they're batting a thousand with that, you know? They're batting a thousand. Conforto, would it excite me? Not really. I'd be, you know what? At least it's not Hicks. Um, you know, Reynolds, it's going to cost you. Last I heard, they want a Soto-like return. Well, I was going to say, it's going to cost you Peraza or Volpe. And my gut feel, Anthony, the Yankees are not trading either one of those guys. That's my gut. To me, the Yankees, what their pivot needs to be is they have to move heaven and earth. You got to find a way to remove yourself of Hicks and Donaldson. You got to, you, you may have to include Glaber. DJ becomes your everyday third baseman. Cabrera becomes your everyday left fielder. You keep Bader in center, Judge in right, Stanton DHs, and you put either Peraza or Volpe at second. Whichever one isn't playing, they're going to be the ones that get dangled at the trade deadline when, you know, when LA is 20 and 40 and they're, you know, 50 games out of it. And you offer them, you know, Volpe or Peraza with the Martian Dominguez and you get Otani here for half the season and you show him what New York is like in a pennant race, the real New York, not Queens. You know, Cohen is spending his money. October in Queens is nothing like October in the Bronx. I'm sorry. It's a complete different animal. Go all the fuck in. Push your chips in the middle. Do what Cohen is doing. Cohen is walking around swinging his dick at everybody, saying, this is what I'm here to do. Money doesn't buy you a championship, but I'm going to give Buck and my fans the absolute best team that I possibly can. And now it's up to them. They got to perform. And now it's on them to produce for me. I did my job. I gave you everything. Now you got to do it for me. And the Yankees need to do that. You just locked up Judge to almost a quarter of a billion, a little bit over a quarter of a billion dollars for nine years. You got to surround him with younger guys who can help him too. You have to. Anthony, there's no doubt. And that's the question that's going to be looming over the Yankees as the Steve Cohen era Mets are spending money left and right. You haven't won yet with this guy. What are you doing now in order to go and win? How are you going that extra mile? Wow, this is another big surprise. Didn't expect this today. The uh, great Keith to the city, who uh, he's like a Spotify Live, of course, sponsored by our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. You're a regular these days, buddy. Uh, You're jealous of the Mets. I know that. (laughs) I am jealous of the Mets. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily like upstaging. I don't compare necessarily what the Mets are doing to what the Yankees are doing. But on a day when the Yankees are supposed to be having their biggest moment of the offseason, which no one should treat it as such. Uh, the Mets go out and add just another piece to this ridiculously extravagant offseason. I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how anybody can feel good about the Yankees. Like, you talk about, yeah, they added Rodon. It is a nice pickup, like you said. Can't fault you there. But the pitching is never the problem with the Yankees. And I'm not talking about the regular season. I'm talking about the postseason. They never get eliminated because of their pitching. It's always because of the offense. The offense is the same today as it was when we left the stadium in, in late October. And you, I don't know, JJ, maybe it's just been a couple months without Yankees baseball. As long as Isaiah Kiner-Fleff is on this roster, come March 30th, March 31st, whenever they open against the Giants, he will be starting at shortstop. I, I, I don't know where you're thinking that they're going to play Peraza at shortstop opening day over him as long as... Yeah, I don't know if it's maybe off-season uh, deliriousness for me or you know maybe it's something in my Starbucks this morning. 
Neil, I want to believe they're not going to be that stupid, dude. That they're going to have a full spring training, that they realize, hey, guess what? We screwed it up in the postseason. Let's not beat around the bush here. Bring IKF back as utility guy. Fine. You want to play him one or two days a week? Be my guest. Bring him off the bench. He cannot be the everyday shortstop, dude. Cannot be. He needs to be off the team because even like your ideal theory there where he could play one or two days, as long as he's on the roster, it's the same thing I say about the back end of the ball. Well, you're worried about him being a handicap for Aaron Boone, basically. Where Aaron Boone is going to see him and he's going to say, I got to play him. Boone will always go to the thing he feels most comfortable with. No matter what, he will always revert back to the guys at who have played for him in the past and he will play IKF. And I just... I just can't get over this offseason. The the idea that people celebrated signing Judge, like Judge was already here. Like getting re-signing your franchise player when you make more money as an organization than any other team in the sport should not be celebrated. It's- yeah, it's a given. Listen, it would have been catastrophic if he left. It's relief. That's the way I viewed it when they signed him, Neil. Uh, that goes without saying. It's more relief. That's the way you look at it. But be fair on this. Rodon's a big pickup. It's it's not like they went and signed some fifth starter and put him there as the number two. That's a big starter they signed. That's fine. And I don't care about his injury history. I don't care about the contract. It's not my money. I don't give a shit. I care about the Yankees winning a championship and putting the best team together. They have not done that. Hal Steinbrenner told Judge, if you if you stay with us, we'll we'll sign you and have money to do more. What was that? You you brought Rodon back? Like you still are right-handed heavy. I, I, what are people seeing? Anthony Rizzo is the only true lefty. In- that's why. That's why Neil. They should go. They should go and sign Conforto tomorrow. They should. And I'm telling you right now, Conforto. And I don't know if he's going to be able to play 130 games. I have no idea. I don't know what kind of phys- physical shape he's in. If he's right, he's hitting 270 and hitting 30 home runs at Yankee Stadium. Let's hope. I mean, yes, it's, you know, Conforto three, four years ago, you'd be excited about. I mean, he missed all of last year. He had surgery the year before. He wasn't great the year before. Like, we're not getting the Michael Conforto that was like having Aaron Judge like, like metric. No, no, no. Forget, Forget about that. Forget about that. He is an upgrade and is a lefty bat that really helps them out. And he's got something to prove. Don't you like the idea of having somebody on a one year deal with something to prove? Yeah, I do. And they, I mean, but, but the fact that it's come to this again, where the Yankees, they don't use their financial might to fill the holes. They've, they've, they've created these holes themselves. I mean, how do you let Matt Carpenter, you need, you need him. You can't let him go to San Diego and, and the Benintendi deal. Fine. He got five years, you know, you don't want to go past three or whatever. That's fine. Let him go. But there was just other fixes they could have done. See, I'm surprised. I, I have to be honest, Neil. I'm surprised you wanted Carpenter back after the postseason. Of, but the postseason is, you know, that's irrelevant. The guy missed two months of baseball and then only saw elite pitchers for what? A- no, he was in a brutal. Listen, he was in a brutal spot. He had a nice run with the Yankees. He They caught some lightning in a bottle. I, I don't know how. I, I, to be honest, does he have another year like that in him? I'm putting my money on no. Yeah, but he I give him zero fault. He's zero fault, zero to blame for what went on the postseason. He was they were basically saying, like, this guy has not played in two months and he's better f- And we're begging you to play. No, I get that. I get that. But I'm surprised you wanted him back. Cause to me, they they like that was such a lightning in a bottle scenario with them. I can't imagine him doing that again. I just can't. You can't, but if if his swing is really what it is. I mean, yes, he's not going to hit 15 home runs in like 30 games again, something like that. Or, but I mean, the deal he got, like, like that's an affordable deal. I, I shouldn't be jealous of the Padres 
giving out money to Machado and Bogarts and trading for Soto and taking on Snell and taking on Darvish. Then across town, you've got the Mets sign anybody who's a free agent. And then to sit here and we have the same fucking roster again, the same thing. There should not be a Yankees fan that is happy about this offseason at all. I don't care if you think Rodon's a great pickup. The, the Yankees are no better. They did not close the four-win gap between them and the Astros and the ALCS. And the Astros, they can let Verlander go because they didn't even use Urquidy or Garcia in the rotation. So now one of them fills his spot and they just keep chugging along. The Yankees are no better than they were when they blew game four and when they got swept by the Astros. And here we are, it's Christmas. All the top free agents are off the board. So you're going to go out and you're going to, what are you going to do? You're going to give up all these prospects? That- well, I was going to ask you, what would be, okay then, what would be the move that would make you happy from a Yankee standpoint right now? What would it be? Reynolds? The only thing you could really do right now is is trade for Brian Reynolds. But you're going to give up a lot to get him. It's supposedly they're looking for like Soto-esque package, which they're never going to get. But it's not. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt to get Brian Reynolds. It's going to hurt big time. And I don't know that there's any move left to do. Like, is he really going to, you know, is he closing the gap? I mean, you look around the team right now. Rizzo's back. Okay. He, he's had significant back injuries last year. LeMahieu could get surgery any day, which will ruin his 2023 season. You've got IKF at short until, you know, we're told otherwise. Donaldson's back. As long as Hicks is here, he, he has to play. They owe him all the fucking money. You have Judge back. You have Bader. Where, like, there's four or five guys in the Yankees everyday lineup that have like a 650, a sub 650 OPS. Like, I don't know how anyone feels good about this team. And if you look at what they did, you know, yeah, late April to early June last year, they were 1998 win pace. That's not who they are. What you saw the rest of the season is more like who they are. And they haven't improved off that. Rodon is a nice piece, but he doesn't play every day. And he's not, what do you think he's going to win all? First of all, do you think he's going to make 32 starts? And then you think he's going to win them all? Like this team has not gotten better. Bringing back Judge is not, is not a great deal. He was already on the team. It's, I don't know how anyone can sit here coming into Christmas and think, oh, the Yankees, like, yeah, they're an AL favorite. No, they're not. They're not like, no, they're not better. They're not, they're not better than the Astros. Listen, they have a very good team, Neil. Appreciate it as always. They have a very good team. They're going to win 90 plus games. Their rotation should be right there with the Astros. The lineup still leaves a lot to be desired. It does. That's the difference between the Mets and the Yankees right now. The Mets are going above and beyond to improve. The Yankees are marginally improved. Big difference. Comp in Staten Island, up next. What's up, buddy? Johnny, how are we holding it up? Uh, I'm doing all right, pal. I'm doing all right. You must be in your glory. Listen, I needed to pick me up after that, that game on Sunday. Oh, my God. I uh, I saw a mutual friend, Shawnee McGowan, and he gave me a housewoman gift of a Zach Wilson jersey. And by halftime of that Jet game, I was ready to throw it off my body. I hated it. Oh, my God, Wilson. But what can you do? This is a Met day, like you said. And I know everybody on here is talking about the Yankees. Yankees, they, you know, to me, the big deal for this is we needed this. Promises made, promises delivered. Steve Cohen said this when he saw, took the team over. We want a title in the next five years. And you know what? I think he looked around and he said the Braves are unbelievable. They're young and they're all signed. And he looked at the Phillies and he said they were in the World Series last year and they're getting better. And we didn't make another couple moves. Who knows? We could have been just you know, a wild card team fighting to get in again. This hopefully puts us over the top. We're still fighting for that division. And we got to get over that hump with the Braves, man. Well, that's what it boils down to. And offense was a problem for the New York Mets. And I think what happened here, Comp, I think it's very simple. I think Cohen wanted Correa. He misses out. And over the last week, it kind of like was eaten at him. It's like, man, 
I should have had this guy. Why didn't I do what it, I needed to, I needed to be more aggressive to get this guy. Maybe I needed to make another call. Maybe I needed to wind him and dine him a little bit more. The minute the Giants, there was a little uneasiness. He couldn't wait to swoop in, dude. And that, to me, is how you want your owner to act. Do whatever it takes, bro. I think it was Heyman tweeting out that Cohen even said, uh, you know, in the time that it seemed like Cray was going to the Giants, he was like, man, I really missed out. I think I should have done this. And I think as soon as there was some trepidation on the Giants' part last night, whatever happened with the medicals, I don't know yet. I'm not sure if it's come out yet. Hopefully it's nothing serious. But obviously the Mets didn't care. And Cohen said, you know what? If he's available again, I'm doing everything I can to bring him in here. That's it. We want this guy. And how are you going to fault that? And now you got those two guys on the left side of the infield for the next decade. They're buddies. Correa, I think, is going to move seamlessly to third base. I I think he's got the body type that will be able to handle third base. And he's got a little edge to him, which I think, to be honest with you, Cump, this bet team could use a little of that. I think that'll help him. Oh, absolutely. And like you said, we needed a bat in the worst way last year. If Pete wasn't hitting a home run or, or Lindor wasn't putting on a show, we really didn't have a lot going on. Hopefully, Correa brings in that next big bat that we needed. Now, I don't know what they're going to do with DH now. Obviously, Vogelbach is still around. Maybe what they're going to do is they're going to leave Escobar. They're going to keep him, maybe platoon him with Vogelbach, play him a little bit. That's to, that's to figure it out later. But for right now, Correa at third base is a massive, massive upgrade for this team. And hopefully, we can just keep this rolling. I hope we win another 100 games. We really, 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 really desperately want to win in the next couple of years, it seems. And Cohen is doing everything he can to get that done. Well, and it's a far cry from what the previous ownership comp used to do. Appreciate the call, and uh, good luck with Zach Wilson tomorrow night. Think about how the Mets used to act and how they act now. It's crazy. Ryan joins us. What's up, Ryan? How we doing, buddy? JJ, um, I'm like a kid on Christmas morning right now as a Mets fan. This I can understand that, dude. Good for you, man. Good for you. And, you know, I went from saying, all right, the Mets had a good offseason and maybe next year, maybe we'll sign Otani. Do you by any chance still think that's a possibility in any... Why not? Ryan, why not with this owner? Anything. Dude, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. Anything is a possibility with this owner, bro. Anything. I mean, I, my friends are laughing at me for even thinking it's a possibility, but I, I didn't think Correa was a possibility either until this morning. And then, I don't know. Thank you, JJ. Ryan, I appreciate the call, man. Happy holidays to you and your family. Anything's possible, folks. Anything. This owner's got unlimited resources. He don't care. He will stop at nothing. Imagine being a Red Sox fan and seeing what the Mets are doing right now. I mean, the Yankee fan is bothering. They gave Rodon $200 million and gave Judge four hundred. million. Crazy. All right, let's take two more and I'm going to say goodbye. Douglas joins us. Hi, Doug. How we doing, bud? Happy holidays, JJ. Happy holidays. Douglas, happy holidays. What's up, man? Not even just the money aspect with Steve Cohen. I think what also sets him apart is he operates with no fear. I mean, there's no fear. This, this party line that if you spend over the luxury tax, you're helping other teams. I, I mean, I think that's a flawed concept, but right, he just operates no fear. And of course, all these big contracts, some are short term. So really, uh, it's, it, it, it'll, it'll come off the books in a year or two. So, and, and that's fine. And then uh, you head to the Bronx. Um, let's remind ourselves 
Uh, Jeff Bezos is a minority stakeholder with the Yankees. He couldn't throw in a couple of shekels to hell uh, to keep Ben Attendee. I, I was I was heartbroken that Ben Attendee uh, is no longer with the Yankees because I. Yeah, I mean, listen, I liked him as a player. Uh, I think he fit nicely. Five years for Ben Attendee. Uh, I, I what you know what I can understand why they didn't go in that direction. I can because that's a guy who doesn't have a lot of pop, and how are his skills going to age three, four, five years from now? I don't think. Let's put it this way, Douglas. If they get Conforto on a one-year deal, I think that's a wash. I don't think. In, in fact, I would argue that Conforto has higher upside than Ben Intendi, for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not thrilled with the other alternatives, right? Uh, Reynolds, that would take a trade. Uh, well, Reynolds is better. Reynolds is a way better player than Ben Intendi. I mean, he is fantastic, but it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. I don't like the options for, with Arizona, those outfielders, because those are pull hitters. Um, but, uh, I, 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 uh, but again, Ben Attendi, contact hitter, which is what the Yankees need, I think, especially in the postseason. Great history against at the Astros. Anyways, but that, that's old news. Uh, let me ask you, I want to pose something to you now with the Mets getting Correa. Um, wouldn't be a direct deal, but how would you feel if somehow, some way, Yankees, that Escobar or Beatty or both, find their way on the Yankee roster at some point. Uh, maybe not directly, but uh, what do you think now? Because, uh, uh, Well, I, I could tell you this, Doug. There's no chance in hell it's going to happen. I, I still, anytime you're talking about trade with the Yankees and the Mets, remember, it's just very, very unlikely. Uh, Beatty's a big prospect. The Mets are not trading Beatty to the Yankees. They trade Beatty. They're trying to get Burns. They're trying to get Hendricks. They're trying to get somebody of that ilk. Beatty's not a dunk. Beatty is a the guy they will look to move for somebody big. Or maybe they look to transition him to the outfield, the DH. I don't know. Escobar? Escobar is probably your platoon DH. That's probably what it is right now. It's probably Vogelback and Escobar is your platoon. Crazy. Escobar got a lot of money last year, and now it's like, yeah, he may not have a role for you. Good problem to have. Because if he's coming off the bench, he's a good bench player. Last but not least, our buddy Scotty. What's up, Scotty boy? Jay, listen, uh, Neil Keith and Anthony stole a lot of my thunder. I mean, look, good for the Mets. They signed Correa. I mean, we could have signed them, but, you know, how saying we're not done yet. I don't believe how. I think we're done. And the Yankees are making a big deal out of, you know, okay, we got a Yankee fans are like creaming their pants because we signed Aaron Judge and Rizzo. It's a big deal. We added Rondon, and that was nice. But the rotation, like you all said, has never been the Yankees' issue. They can hit, and the Yankees' lineup is no different than what it was in this past October. I mean, we still got Donaldson and IKF for two dead weight ticks. I mean, yeah, I like Bader. I like Judge. Just only guys in, in Rizzo. That's it. Who else is competent? Trevino kind of, even Trevino kind of uh, fizzled out. Yeah, he's fine behind a plate. He is what he is. You know, it's it's hard to find a big catcher. Where are you getting a big catcher? Nobody. Unless your name is JT Riomuto, you don't have a big catcher. I have no issues. I have no problem with Trevino. They have a hole in left field. Left field is a problem. Third base is a problem. Um, I, I think in a perfect world, Scotty, they want DJ LeMayu to be the third baseman down the road. I, I think that's the direction we're trending in. But is DJ LeMayu going to be out for an extended period of time? with this injury that he had at the end of last year. Torres, is he on this team? They do need another bat. They lose Benintendi. I, you got to pivot there. Go get a lefty. Conforto, right now, is the slam dunk guy to go and get. 
motivation, something to prove, lefty bat in that stadium, that's the most. Think about this. The Mets fan right now, they got Verlander, they got Nimmo, they got Sanga, not done. Carlos Correa, insane contract. Has me working on a day where I was supposed to be off. I'm glad that we did this. Thank you for everybody who participated. Good stuff. Spotify Live, New York, New York, presented by our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. We'll have one of these tomorrow night after the Jet game. You're going to look forward to that. Zach Wilson, must have. Jacksonville Jaguars, away we go. Guys, enjoy your Wednesday. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.